Well, hey everyone, good evening, uh, or for some of you, this will be a different time of day. Uh, you'll watch a recording of this or listen. Well, welcome to episode number 11, day 11 of our Christ in the Crisis Book of Acts devotional series. And we are going to continue this every weekday until the uh, 31st of May will be the Sunday conclusion to all of this. And uh, you're going to be quizzed on this material, okay? So this is, um, there's some incentive. It's not, it's not um, purely academic. Uh, of course, we want you to apply this to your daily lives. That's the biggest incentive. But uh, we're going to have a little fun on the 31st of May because we will have a quiz that you see on the screen here. Yeah, a quiz on the 31st of May. It's going to be electronic, and it uses uh, an Internet gaming platform. And uh, the winner of that quiz is going to win a brand-new iPad, 10.2 inches retina screen, 128 uh, gigs of memory, I think it is, or whatever the memory is there. And a really nice machine, a really nice tablet. So um, that's a little bit of incentive. I would invite you to share this feed to whosoever. I would love it if people would join and watch who have no church home, uh, who are investigating, who are thinking about God, uh, and uh, maybe don't know what all of this means that we're going through right now and have so many questions about life and, and death and, uh, and God. And so uh, we're going through this book of Acts, which is a tremendous uh, book that um, really shows how the early church in her infancy behaved under periods of, of crisis, persecution, uh, just one problem after the other after the other, it seemed. And yet these people continued to be steadfast in their hope in Christ and uh, they persevered, and we watched their lives, and we can learn many, many things from reading the book of Acts, okay? So we're going to put it into high gear for the rest of the month. We're going to do about one chapter a day. So the book of Acts is in the Bible's New Testament. We are at the end of uh, chapter 4. I'm kind of picking up some thoughts from Sunday's message that you can watch on our Facebook page or our website, citypointchurch.ca. And uh, after Peter and John are arrested, eventually the, the authorities, the Sadducees and the chief priests, uh, let them go. Because the miracle that they had done in the temple courts was so public uh, that they, and everybody saw it, everybody knew about it, they, they didn't want to do something to create an uproar. And so they decided to let them go, but they warned them very, very sternly to not uh, preach about Jesus, his resurrection, his crucifixion. Uh, uh, they gave them a strong warning. And uh, we see after that that the, uh, the disciples get together and uh, they have a, a quite a uh, time, a short time, but a powerful time of prayer that we read about yesterday. And then it says, all the believers were one in heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. Interesting way of living. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This is the common theme that they, that, that they adopt for their life, the preaching of the resurrection of Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them for from time to time those who owned land or houses sold them 
brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. I've I've seen that. I remember uh, a lady in a church uh, where I pastored for many years, and she did exactly this. She sold a piece of land and a piece of land, and she gave the 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 uh, money. Uh, to the church it's quite powerful when people do things like that and it was distributed to anyone who had need and um and if so there was no needy person among them this is the way that they lived they shared what they had joseph a levite from cyprus whom the apostles called barnabas which means son of encouragement sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles feet he's an example and then in acts chapter 5 uh, just going over this in brief, you can read it in detail. You have a couple, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, and they do the same thing, and they sell a piece of property. Um, the only problem is they they lie uh, about the amount of money that they receive from the sale, and so they take the money, uh, as as uh, as was mentioned at the Acts, uh, end of Acts chapter 4. You have the uh, uh, the man who sold his property, put all the money at the apostles' feet, so they do the same thing. But it's clear that they lied about the amount of money and they kept some back for themself, themselves and said that this was all the money that they received. Verse 2, with his wife's full knowledge, he, Ananias, kept back part of the money for himself but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, that verse 2 isn't exactly clear. You have to read the rest of it, but you, you see by the rest that what they did was that here's all the money. But it wasn't all the money. They kept back some for themselves. And uh, Peter says, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? How did Peter know this? Well, God gave him a a word of knowledge uh, to know that the money was kept back and there was deception at play here. What made you do uh, think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to man, but you have lied to God. And Ananias dramatically drops dead it is a very very frightening moment of judgment but that's what it is because as we see the story progress uh they take his they take his body away and then his wife uh, comes into the scene about three hours later just checking my sound there it's looking good um and she doesn't know what has happened and they don't tell her and then peter asks her is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land? And she lies. And she says, yes, that is the price. And Peter replies, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the men, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. And she, and she literally drops dead. It is a frightful, frightful moment, and uh, they, they bury her beside her husband, and great fear comes upon the church and all who hear about these events. It is a powerful lesson uh, 
Now, uh, does this type of thing happen today? Uh, I mean, that is a very dangerous thing to say, all right? But the principle, when you deceive and you attempt to deceive God, there's going to be consequences for that. Whatever those consequences are, are obviously up to God. But when there is deception um, in the church, God does deal with deception. And I have seen that many, many times in my ministry of uh, two decades now, um, where God does. It takes time, but God deals uh, with deception. And he does so in, again, whatever way that he he wants to do and then things continue verse 12 the apostles perform many signs and wonders uh they used to meet in solomon's colonnade we're told and then interesting verse no one else dared join them even though they were highly regarded by the people Hmm. well there was great fear you had to live a certain way and if you again trafficked in deception and cloak and dagger kind of games there was going to be judgment. I mean, it's 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 scary. Um, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. There's miracle after miracle that seems to take place here. Verse 15 and 16. I mean, they just want Peter's shadow to fall on some of the people as he passed by because they were healed. Crowds gathered. Uh, people brought their sick. People brought their uh, people tormented by evil spirits. They were healed. I mean, it's it's quite dramatic what is going on, and there's no indication from the pen of Luke that this is to be interpreted any other way except that it really happened. And then there's trouble. Uh, remember, we talked about the crisis of miracles on Sunday. Well, then there's trouble, and the high priest once again gets involved, and the Sadducees once again get involved. And they arrest the the apostles and they they put them in the jail, in the public jail. And then uh, there's something supernatural happens. An angel breaks them out, tells them to go into the temple courts and preach about this new life. At daybreak, they go into the temple courts. They do as the angel told them. The high priest and his associates arrive right on cue and they called together the Sanhedrin. That's a big deal. That's the Jewish ruling council. That's the council that put Jesus on trial. And they get the full assembly of the Sanhedrin, and uh, they they want to speak to the apostles. They get to the jail, and of course they're out of jail. And they and then word gets gets around to them that they're in the temple courts, uh, preaching uh, about Jesus. And of course they're very upset and. And um, uh, they get the apostles and and uh, and bring them, but they do so very, very carefully. I'm in the middle of the chapter here, I think, verse 27. And they have to appear before the Sanhedrin where they're questioned by the high priest, very similar to what happened to Jesus. We give you strict we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. They don't get it. Um, they're not trying to blame the Jewish rulers for the death of Jesus. They're trying to tell all of the people in Jerusalem that basically we're all to blame for the death of Jesus. Our sin is the reason for the death of Jesus. And so uh, the, the message is clear. It's about repentance from sin 
and being saved by following, by believing in Jesus as the risen Savior and Messiah. And they refuse to stop talking. We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as Prince and Savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. There it is again. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And so there's quite a ruckus that takes place. And then you have a Pharisee who gets up in the Sanhedrin, a man by the name of Gamaliel, and he gives a little speech, and he talks about a couple of leaders who came and went. And he basically says, listen, if, if, if this is of God, you won't be able to stop it. So don't do anything. Hopefully it'll die out is basically what he's saying. But if it doesn't, then you've got real problems. It's an interesting uh, a piece of advice that he tries to give them. His speech, his speech persuades them. They call the apostles. They have the apostles flogged. Again, very similar to what happened to Jesus. And they tell them to not speak in the name of Jesus And so the end of the chapter, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. They'd just been flogged, rejoicing, because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. What do we ultimately learn from this chapter that starts with a with a frightful judgment on a couple who trafficked in deception and ends with the apostles being flogged and, and, uh, and, and rejoicing. We learned that there is a resoluteness about these, uh, these followers of Jesus, these early followers of Jesus. They would stop at nothing to teach about him, to preach about him, to talk about his death, to talk about his resurrection and the availability of salvation for whosoever would hear. Flogging couldn't stop them. When they saw God's judgment, they could have said, this is not for us. They continued. They saw the power of God. They saw the miraculous signs of God. They saw the crisis that that created. And yet they were resolute and steadfast in getting this message out. And these are people who would ultimately lose their lives for the cause of Christ. It is a powerful lesson and one that we won't see only one time in the book of Acts, how these people were willing to give up everything, their very lives, for the message of Jesus crucified and raised from the dead. The same is true today. That is the message that saves people. That is the message that transforms people, that our sins can be forgiven and that we can be in a right relationship with God, one that will last into eternity. So I trust that this is a, a blessing to you. I know it's a, it's a chapter that goes all over the place and uh, very disturbing in some ways and very, uh, very uh, exciting in other ways. Uh, but keep on trucking and keep on reading through the book of Acts. And uh, I will see you again uh, tomorrow or listen to me again. And remember to keep on sharing this feed and keep on watching. God bless you, everyone.